Hello and welcome to the first episode of Reach the Masses podcast. I'm Travis. And I'm Heather. Um, Reach the Masses is a podcast that uh, got in my head um, by listening to Kevin Smith and all of his podcasts. Um, I his Smodcasts? His, yes, his Smodcast network. Um, he, um, there was one where he's literally talking about Frasier, every episode of Frasier, and... I said, okay, I'll give it a shot now. Um, if he can talk about Frasier, every episode of Frasier, uh, you and I have been friends forever and uh, yeah. at least forever. And, yeah, at um, the very least. And we talk about pop culture and we both love pop culture and I figured this would be a good outlet for us to... Explore those ideas. Exactly. And share them with the masses, as it were. Yes, give our opinion, give our voice to what we think because there are some really good reviews out there but sometimes i want them to talk about more or go more in depth about something rather they miss a topic that you would like to see covered yes yeah so to kind of give you a little bit of a background about ourselves i love tv love movies have my whole life um i collect comics i love superheroes and all things superhero related Vast knowledge of useless trivia in my head on all things superhero, anime. Um, it's kind of, you know, a little bit of everything. I know a little bit about everything, and I just enjoy books as well because that's one of the things we'll also be talking about, not just uh, media from TV and movies, but actual books and authors that we enjoy as well. Yeah. A, little bit, a, little, a little bit about you. Uh, you. Yeah, my background uh, is books mostly. Um, a lot of television. I always say that I was raised by the television i don't know that that's necessarily true but i'm okay with that I'm i mean also, our generation was yeah kind I mean, of in front of the tv more than yeah we had we were the start of the not the after school programs but definitely the um after school cartoons yes saturday we, morning cartoons yeah, after school i yeah. know i personally quit the girl scouts in kindergarten because i was missing the chipmunks <laughs> after school so who was your favorite oh alvin of course of course alvin was alpha male not an alpha male but (laughs) (laughs) i can pretend to be one enjoy that role (laughs) yeah absolutely so for today's first episode what we're going to do is this is trying out different things this is the first episode we're going to look at we're going to look at something old something older that you all may not may or may not have seen or heard about um, and then we'll look at something new that's going out right now. And then we're going to have a main discussion. So first up, we're going to look at something old. And in honor of it being 20 years old this year, we figured we would look at Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
Buffy, the brainchild of Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. He um, had a. I read that he had it in his head that he wanted to flip, flip it and make mm-hmm. the woman the hero, the, hero. Of the, the, the blonde who usually dies very quickly to be the hero of the story. Yeah. He also made her the villain. I mean, in the right from the opening sequence. Right. Oh, and I guess we should say that we're going to be discussing the first season of Buffy for this podcast and spoilers do attach from here on out from the beginning throughout the rest of this podcast. We will be discussing books and movies and all things pop related. And just to give you a heads up, it will be spoiler related. So, We'll try to name what we're discussing beforehand, and then you are duly warned that it is a spoiler. <laughs> but again, it's been out for 20 years, so hopefully you've seen it. And if you've not, it's a good show to pick up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's on Hulu right now. Yes. It just came off of Netflix, which yeah. is weird Yeah, that and they took it out on its 20-year anniversary. You'd think right, yeah. Would. But Hulu was there to save the day, so. Yes. And I was, because I, some of the older shows on Hulu, I noticed you, they don't do the commercials, yeah. but Buffy still does the commercials. Oh yeah. So I guess it's not reached that age where it would, would wouldn't have them would take the commercials. So we're looking at the first season. Joss is introducing these characters. We both rewatched the first episode to kind of remind us. And I guess we'll just kind of talk a little bit about that. So what, what was your impressions of the first episode? Oh, like 97 all over again. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, they were a year ahead of us. Well, when it started, they were a year ahead of us. Now, by the by the time they graduated, they were two <laughs> years ahead of us. But, like, uh, the language was one thing, and that's still with me now. Is I still use those phrases. I still say, it gives me the Wiggins. And, you know, they, they changed how teenagers talk. That show. Well, yeah, it was, really... and, it was, and that's part of his writing. Was, yeah, yeah. And that was something I noticed right from the very beginning, because... It opens with Darla yeah, um, and a boy going into the school, and he kind of does a parallel of what you're going to get with Buffy. Is you're not going to get what you normally expect because there's a there's one part where she's a noise that you hear yeah. in the back, and she, Darla is acting all, she's blonde-headed. She's acting all scared and afraid, like, what was that? And then the boy's, like, all comforting her, like, don't worry, I got this. Like, you think something's going to happen. And they're both going to die. But it turns out the twist is that the blonde is the big bad. She's a yeah. vampire and immediately kills him. So that's kind of a good parallel, I think, between mm-hmm. how that's that... juxtaposed with Buffy, the blonde, being the uh, the hero, the heroine of the piece. Exactly. And I, I was just... The quality... I mean, it was 1997, and they did get a lot better with age. And, you know, oh, yeah. you, you, can, you can tell it's dated by the, the CG of the vampires. And even the... The fighting is, yeah. they haven't got into the, I guess they haven't done it and with more time. They got better with. The, yeah, because it started as a mid-season replacement. So, I mean, it wasn't. And it ran for 12 episodes? Yeah. The first season? 12 or, 12 or 14. But, <laughs> so they weren't throwing a lot of money at it to start with. Right. So, but the thing that did shine through, like you said, was the, the, the language, the writing of Joss yeah. Whedon. And yeah. And those characters, I mean, right it, from the beginning, they were they were memorable. They each had something unique about them that just made them memorable. And it established the Scoobies, as they were yeah. eventually called. The main Scoobies, which some came and went, but the main ones was, was Willow, Xander, 
Buffy. Buffy Giles. Yeah. Cordy is there. Cordelia is there, but she doesn't join them till later, and then she goes on her own path. But those are that's the core, I guess, of the of the Scooby Gang. And that was one thing that I just how dated it shows was the there's this there's this part where Cordelia is the is the typical high school mean girl before mean girls and she was putting down willow which was the nerdy girl made a comment about you know her mom dressed her you know softer side found the softer side of sears yeah which is just crazy that that would you know sears is even a thing now and also the uh, the cell phone that cordelia pulls yes. out after buffy holds her it, up it's that's like, a brick <laughs> it's like two steps up from the zach morris phone yeah sorry zach morris was a character <laughs> on a show called saved by the bell um, which is a whole other can of worms that's a that's a that's another episode of reach <laughs> the masses all of them you're right all of them were really well established in that first episode mm-hmm. i don't know what kind of jacket angel is wearing when he meets Buffy, because it looks very shiny and it was—I think it was the velvet jacket. Was it a velvet jacket? I think so. Which that or it was that plastic pleather. It just looked really weird on camera. I just yeah. it looked shiny, and I was just—it threw me off when I first saw it. Which you know, later on you find out like just a week before he was in a dumpster eating rats. So, um, but for those of the show, I guess that we should do a synopsis of what the show is. Buffy is a is the vampire slayer once a generation uh, chosen one. Yeah, she's the chosen one. She's the chosen one to, to fight the, the to fight the demons. It was originally a movie, and then they kind of play off the movie because at the beginning of the episode, she's moving from L.A. Like all that stuff that happened in the movie, kind of happened. happened. Some of it happened, like she burnt the gym down, right? Because it was full of vampires. And then, so they they still go with it. I mean, he doesn't flat out ignore it, but mm-hmm. it, it but they don't really bring it up that much, except for the first episode because she's the new girl at Sunnydale, which is turns out is the portal to hell, the yeah, Hellmouth, the Hellmouth, um, which is over the library where her they introduce Giles, which is the Watcher of Buffy, Anthony Stewart Head, Stewart Head, yes. It's a really great show. There's a lot of action, humor, comedy. It was one of the first shows to bring that amount of levity. Like, they could be in the heat of a dramatic moment and then turn it around and just say something that's completely funny and it just brings that levity and like like happens in real life. You know, you can be having a very dramatic discussion and then something happens and it just... It brings levity back to you. Yeah, and I and it also it introduced so many tropes to the TV world. The I don't know if it was the first, but I know they did it better than most. Where they had the big bad yeah. is what we they called it. Like it led up to there was an overall arc to the season, and you had a main villain, and then there had lots of episodes that were filler or that, but there yeah. was episodes that even with the filler ones there were still bits that led you related to the big bad that was leading to the final battle between uh, Buffy and the big bad the first season is I would recommend it it gets so much better if you if you can get past the 90s weirdness (laughs) of it which I don't even think it's a bad thing it's just 
it's just different. And just to see that it gets 10 times better the next season and on throughout its run. I think it peaks after the fifth season. As most shows tend to do, though, and then, in my opinion. But then again, I wouldn't give up some of those episodes that come out after that, like Once More with Feeling. And yeah. then there's lots of stuff, little episodes after that season that I enjoy. But I think it should have ended after the fifth yeah. season. I think yeah, it, it it covers a lot of ground, and they kill the the, the main protagonist, mm-hmm. and that was that was kind of supposed to be it. But then, Money as things happen yeah. in TV, it was switched networks and came back. That's right. It was on uh, the UP, WB. It was on WB, and then it went to UPN. UPN yeah. And UPN is not even around. And anymore. neither is the WB. It's now the CW. CW. So if. We said the WB, and you did not know what we talked about. <laughs> now you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so you had Buffy, who was a former cheerleader. Cheerleader. And. Popular girl. Popular girl, where she was at in L.A. She becomes the chosen one, and the whole part of it is her wanting to live a normal life and not feeling like she fits in. And I think that was one of the good things about that show was that no, you can't relate to. Fighting. Not everybody can relate to the the cheerleader, and not everybody can relate to somebody who fights demons. Right. But you can absolutely relate to somebody who feels different and is probably different and right. struggles. And then that's the whole thing was that the they she there's several episodes and it does it more while she's in high school. Or I want to live a normal life. I want to do like normal kids. I want to go to prom. I want to, yeah. which, you know, have like, a normal boyfriend, have, have a job, a, well, a car. Yes. Have all those normal things. And then she doesn't get them because she feels different. And I think we, everyone can relate to at some point in our life dealing with mm-hmm. those emotions and feelings. And I think that's what, Yes, you can't relate to fighting vampires and demons, but you can relate to those emotions and feelings. And they use that supernatural approach to yeah, kind of trick as the you metaphor. as a metaphor for what the, what they were doing. And then she has she becomes best friends with Willow and Xander. Which I was wondering, did you ever did you think that when you were originally watching this way back when the first season, just based off the first season, not from what happens to the characters, but did mm-hmm. you think um, Willow and Xander want to get back together based on the first season? Um, yes. Yeah. Well, I thought that, or he's always going to be that goofy kid who pines over Buffy, kind of uses Willow to uh, fulfill that because ache I, in him, if you will. Because I think out of all of them, Xander isn't the one that grows the most, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, over the whole series, but yeah. the reason I brought that up was that you know when she first meets Willow, Willow mentions that they used to be boyfriend girlfriend because he took her crayons. He, he, he broke up because they took her crayons. Hey, her Barbie. Her Barbie. Her Barbie. Uh, yeah. Took her Barbie. But they've been best friends for so long, and I think didn't they even hint about that at one point? Like he, like right around the time Oz was introduced, like maybe he had feelings for her. Or oh no, they they completely. He was with Cordelia. She was with Oz. That's right. And they, Rebar. They cheated on each other, or cheated on their respective significant others. So it did culminate in something of... Yeah. yeah okay. And then, because years later, whenever he was going to get married, they talked about it, and but she had some changes had 
happened with Willow, and so <laughs> it never came to fruition again. <laughs> right, yes, because that's where... Yes, definitely spoiler heavy. I'm sorry. If if it, you hadn't watched season one, continue to watch it. It was the because they were in formal wear, and they made jokes about them being in formal wear. And that's when Buffy got the uh, umbrella of protection. Yeah, and the school acknowledged that she was somewhat of a savior for them, even though it went unremarked. And I guess that I guess that also dates it because it is pulp culture. They do do a lot of references, like I said, the softer side of Sears and things like that. So, yeah. if good writing is good writing, yeah. But if you hear some of those references, you may not get that this was popular for like a minute and yeah, in the grand scheme of pop culture, yes, it was popular at the time of writing it, and now it's probably faded, and you probably don't know who mm-hmm. they're talking about or what's going on. But overall, it has that. It has staying power. It the does. message remains, and then. Like we said, Giles is her watcher, who's also the librarian of the school, who kind of gives them researches and help trains, continues to train Buffy. And then they introduce Cordelia, which was the popular, who is the Buffy of that, of Sunnydale. Of Sunnydale. Uh, the, the former tall Buffy. brunette Buffy. And then we, and then they introduce the mysterious character of Angel. Yeah. Um, and then it turns out Angel is a vampire. However, he was cursed by gypsies. With a soul. With a soul, yes. Um, and then that's tormented him, and now he's wanting to do good, and he latches on to Buffy, and then it becomes a love interest. And, I mean, my gosh, if that show aired today, I'm sure there's still something on Tumblr about them, you know, the oh, Buffy and Angel. But Absolutely. But it would be all over. You know, it would be the... That was our... Eventually, when it gets down to later episodes with the other vampire that gets introduced of her love interest, Spike, that was almost like our Edward and Jacob from Twilight team, Angel oh, yeah. team, okay. team Spike, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there was... Yeah. I was never team Spike. No. But I was always team Angel, <laughs> if we want to use that. Use that, yeah. Use those But, terms. I mean, if, it, if a show like that aired today, I don't know if they would... Well, they'd all be teenagers to start with. They would all be teenagers, yes. I don't know if they would look the way they... I mean, I'm not saying they're all uggos or anything, but... No. But, like, you look at the CW now, and you look at the, like, they're doing Rivendell, you know, Archie, and they're all, like, supermodel good looks. Right, yeah. I mean, other than, like, Sarah Sarah Michelle Gellar is attractive, obviously, and Charisma Carpenter is attractive, Mm -hmm. and Willow... I can't remember her name. Allison Hannigan. Allison Hannigan. Thank you. She's very attractive, but yeah, but in that first episode, first season, she's plain Jane, and yeah. she looks very plain Jane. Yeah, she's and, meant to be that, and she's meant to look that way. And I I'm think, I think in most shows today, the plain Jane is like still the supermodel hot. Yeah, supermodel yeah. hot. And then Xander was attractive. Oh yeah, and that was the other thing I was want to talk about. They introduced you to a character named Jesse. I found it interesting. I was reading the trivia, and Whedon was wanting to kind of trick everybody, which was go on to be his staple in all of his things, <laughs> like killing off a character. Jesse dies. Yeah. Um, but he was, at the first of it, you thought he was part of the Scooby gang. Yeah. And I read that. Because he, he's one of the best friends. Yes, of Xander of and Willow. Willow. Whedon was wanting to put him in the opening credits, like he was a main character to mm-hmm. throw everyone off. And I thought that would be brilliant, but they just didn't have the time or the money. Right. to edit other shots of him 
to make it look like he was part of it. There was a show that did that. It's called The Shield. Oh, I remember that. I never watched it, but I remember that. Uh, Michael Chiklis. Yeah. It was a cop show, and in the opening credits, there was a cop. Spoilers on The Shield. There was a cop that was going undercover because Michael Chiklis' character was a bad cop, and he was going undercover, this cop, and he's in the opening credits, and he's got all these scenes, and you're like, oh, he's, it's going to be like a whole season of them playing cat and mouse, and yeah. then... And that's how it's portrayed in the first episode throughout the whole episode. And then the last 10 seconds kills him. Wow. Because <laughs> he knows he's undercover. He's undercover trying to uh, expose him. That's 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 a bold move for a television And that's what show. everyone was talking about <laughs> was how they took that step of like killing someone off like that. Yeah. And putting them in the opening credits to fake everyone out. And see, Whedon was doing it back in 97. And yeah. I, I can't. I couldn't tell you when S.H.I.E.L.D. started, but, I mean, it was a few years later. So, I right, mean, yeah. Cause that that was the first time I yeah. saw where they did. And, you know, Game of Thrones since then has done that with the main character, but it's went like a whole season. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Ned American Stark. television shows now are killing off main characters left and right. And sometimes just bringing them back. Yeah. In uh, several ways. Um, sometimes the same character dies many times and comes back <laughs> several different ways. Exactly. I mean, death doesn't have the same meaning as it did. No, now living is more unique in American television shows. And I think because of all the different, how much that we have and the need for all the different genres we have and all the yeah. different outlets that we have, it's not just the main right. prime time shows. There's all these. There's access to so much more. Hulu and Netflix, yeah. AMC, even the basic cable or, you know, yeah. great shows that wouldn't make it in primetime because they don't have the numbers, but they're still nevertheless mm -hmm. great shows because before they didn't want because that was their livelihood. And now you can get killed off in a series and the next week you're in two more shows. You know? Yeah. Two different shows even. So if you haven't figured it out, we love Buffy. Um, <laughs> and then it also spinned off a second series, which we will probably get around to. I'm actually currently watching it. Angel? Just, just for fun at night whenever I go to bed. And I guess we should wrap up with the, how the season ends. <laughs> the big bad, as we mentioned earlier, was the master. Yeah. Uh, the, Fruit Punch Mouth, as uh, he is uh, called by Buffy in one of the episodes. <laughs> and he's a very ancient, old vampire who mm -hmm. doesn't even... Because in Buffy, they, they do a special effect where when they become vampires, their nose gets all... Uh, yeah, they're, they, their face changes. Yeah. And then they can revert back to human. But the master, at least in the first season, has established that he's been around so long that he can't transform back into human. Right. He's been a vampire so long that he can't go back. And then it's him and his minions, and they're trying to get to, what is it called, the harvest? Or No, they the harvest happens, and or it, they try to make it happen, mm -hmm. which would release him because he is trapped. He is trapped underground. Was it by gypsies? Uh, not this time. <laughs> but it should have been. Should have been gypsies. Should have been gypsies. They don't like vampires. Yeah. Uh, or people who just kill their daughters in general. Yes. But he's trapped, and the harvest would have allowed him to get out of his bubble. Yeah, so it's in the first episode. He, I think it may be the second episode. He doesn't appear till the very end of the first. Right, yeah. He rises. Yeah, and then the second episode, he's like walking, and you can he like puts his hand out, and, and it it's stops. Like a, yeah, like a force field. field. Yeah. And then, so there's also a prophecy mm -hmm. that states that the master will kill the slayer. Yeah. And then that's one of the best scenes of the season is yeah. where, and it kind of goes back to what we were saying with Buffy about wanting to be a normal kid. And at the time, 
Sarah Michelle Gellar when they filmed that was 19 yeah, years old. 19. Because um, they it aired in March of 97, so they must have filmed it in 96. Yeah. And she hadn't quite turned, she turned 20 in 97. So she was 19 years old, so she was still much a teenager. Um, yeah. And the, there's this great, there's a great line where, you know, she cries and she's upset and she's like, I'm 16 years old, I don't want to die. Yeah. And, and she's saying it to Giles and Angel and it's very gripping and you will see her cry a lot. <laughs> and, and she's one of the best criers on TV and by far. It will get you almost every yeah, time. It's a punch to the gut. So they do that. Um, she faces the master and actually does. She drowns. He, yeah, he drowns her and yeah. she dies, but they bring her back. Yeah. Xander's there. And um, I guess at the time of the prophecy with the master killing the slayer, they didn't know about CPR. <laughs> right. So uh, Xander performs the CPR and uh, she comes back, and which leads to a whole other plot. That you'll see in the yeah. second season. Yeah. And I know we just said that they kill characters off and bring them back. And they literally <laughs> just did that in this season with Buffy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so she comes back. And then once she comes back, it's like, she doesn't have that prophecy hanging over her anymore. She's more confident. I would, would is that what you, I mean, cause Absolutely. then, then yeah. she goes on and kills the master. Yeah. She, she fully, uh, fulfills owns. her, yeah. Owns her slayer destiny, her slayer as a title, her slayer ishness. And, and then she kills the master, which yes. when does his, cause it's funny because he doesn't he, die until the second season. He doesn't die until the second season? Right. No, he does the end of the first. But the kid... The the, uh, the anointed one. The anointed one. one he yeah, does or, in the second season. Yeah. But his right-hand man in the first episode, um, he's been in all kinds of stuff. Shao, Luke. Sha yeah, Luke <laughs> is the vampire's name, but he was Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat movie, the second one. Mm -hmm. What's funny is that he comes back in season three, no, season two, as the judge. That's right. He does. Yeah. I had forgotten. Yeah, because that's him. But that voice of his is yeah. Really it's one of those that he's been in a ton of stuff. He's one of those actors that he's you a good see, character. You see him, and he's got one of those. He's been in a lot of stuff as an actor, but he also has got one of those memorable voices, perfect villain voices, and he that's yeah. he's played. I think like him, that's probably something we need to discuss. Like best villain voices we've heard on cartoons and stuff. Right. Yeah. You know, Tim Curry is. Spoilers are going to be number one, I bet. <laughs> uh, but there's several good give you a, voice actors that are just, once you hear them. It'll you give know. you more trivia. Give you more trivia for your for your brain to store. Yes. Looking it up and then categorizing it on how, I, how <laughs> our opinion is. Yeah. But yeah, so that would be the first season of Buffy. And if we continue on with the second episode, we will... We'll probably continue on the Buffy trail. We might go on to season two. Season two is probably my favorite season of Buffy. Really? I think overall, I think that there's more episodes on there that I like. And then mm -hmm. I love the the way it ends and just right. um, just that whole dynamic between her and it, Angel. It, yeah, it definitely has my favorite season finale um, mm -hmm. of any television show that mm -hmm. I've ever watched. Mm -hmm. uh, just the... The quotes alone are amazing. I've noticed that since the Buffy era on TV shows, like usually the second season is where they hit their stride and yeah. they really produce good stuff. And I'm mm -hmm. not saying that the other seasons are. I think it's because the characters are still new enough so you can still discover new things right? and have new storylines. 
mm-hmm. but they're also established. You don't have to introduce them right. like you do. Yeah, like when a you're sequel to out. a movie, like the first movie, like superhero movie, you're establishing the hero. Yeah. And then the second movie, you establish the world and you get to play in the sandbox now. Yeah, exactly. And that's usually how that works. And uh, I think the second season is my favorite. And it's mainly just because of the Buffy Angel dynamic. And, yeah. And then, like you said, that season finale is just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then again, the fifth season is probably a close second. I can't remember the fourth season. Uh, fourth season is college. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fourth season. Like there's, there's some good episodes. Good comedy in that fourth season. Yeah. And, and I, there's some good character arcs in that. And I guess that's the, one of the biggest things to take away from Buffy is that it is very much rich in the action and yeah. comedy and drama. I mean, and you can draw quotes. It's, it's kind of like uh, drawing Bible quotes. You can relate it to a great many a thing mm-hmm. should you choose to do so. And they do a really good job of introducing new characters along the way and making mm-hmm. them feel like they've been there the whole time. Because yeah. like when I was talking about the Scoobies a minute ago, I was like, I was wanting to name off Oz and like oh, yeah, Anna, Anna yeah, uh, Tara, uh, Dawn. Yeah, all of them. It's just yeah. because once they get in with the Scoobies and they're part of the dynamic, it's just like yeah. they've been there. Mm-hmm. They're family. Uh, Buffy's boyfriends. That was season, yeah the season four boyfriend. Uh, yeah. Him. Him. That guy. <laughs> that guy. That memorable character. That yeah. Had all the great lines that time. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that'll wrap up. That will wrap up our discussion of an old review that was very kind of here and there. But we're still learning our roots. So hopefully yeah. we'll... And it's close to our hearts, and hopefully it is or will be close to yours. And hopefully you heard that with our discussion of talking about these characters. I think we really loved the show, and it was a big part of our, influenced a lot of our, a big part of our lives. A big part of my psyche. I mean, if you want me to be honest. (laughs) I'm not saying you walk around with a stake or anything. No, no. Or, you know, I don't wear a cross around my neck and believe that there are vampires but i mean there could be you never know we don't know these things <laughs> we're merely humans okay. on to the something new review um something that just came out well at the time of us doing this recording it came out last sunday it was based on uh, Neil Gaiman's American Gods, the show with the same name. They aired the first episode. This is an actual TV show based on the series. Hey girl, hey girl, don't lie to me. Tell me where did you see last night? So what would I call you if I was so inclined? Shadow Moon, what might I call you? What's today? Wednesday. Today's my day. I could use a fellow like you. What did you think? I loved it. I thought that it's the truest thing I've ever seen to the book that it's based on. And it, it did. It hit all the right beats. It did like really well on introducing the characters, introducing, and it didn't. And I was trying to think of it from someone who hadn't read the the book. Yeah. And how they would perceive it as opposed to... 
and I would like to think that they enjoyed it. I know someone that I work with hadn't read the book, mm-hmm. and he watched the first episode, and he thought it was great. And it did a really good job of introducing the characters, introducing, keeping the beats all there. I think it did a overall an amazing job of introducing this world that is, if it wasn't, depending on who handled it, could be a really big mess. Yeah. Now, this is just the first episode. It could go crazy later on and we, you know, right, could we lose could be it. raving about something we're going to end up hating, but I highly doubt that that will happen. Just based on the first episode, it it definitely grabs you and keeps you going. Yeah. Um, and the fact that Neil Gaiman himself was involved and uh, really seemed to genuinely like how the, the first series went, the first season went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you get the original... And the the author that did it behind it, it gives you a little bit more credibility to like yeah. it. However, you yeah. do have to worry about I'm under contract. Yeah, right, yeah. I don't think so, Neil I, I don't know Neil personally, but I mean I don't think I think he would tell you if he didn't like it or not. And right. I don't think he would I would I would believe him. Yeah, I would I I would trust his opinion of his characters and how they were trained. Yeah. And and he's really involved with it too, which helps think that he's not just you know being a mouthpiece under contract i guess we could talk about what kind of happens in the world and again this will be spoilers i guess we won't try to go too far along in the story we'll just talk about what happens in the episode in the first episode so the episode begins with vikings landing on the new world which it was supposed to be before eric yeah the Viking, landed. Yes, this was supposed to be like a hundred years, years prior. before. Yeah, before, um, and that was one thing that caught me immediately was the hyper violence. Uh, yeah, of that opening scene with the mm-hmm. Vikings. Um, the one scene in particular, um, it's crazy. He takes a step off the boat onto the the beach. He takes a step out, and then literally from head to toe is covered <laughs> in arrows. Yes. Um, and then, so basically they're stranded They're They were starving to begin with the Vikings. When they get there, they're yeah. starving to death and they can't move forward because if they do, they will be shot to death by, by the, the, the native Americans, native Americans, the soon to be Indians, the, um, and so they're waiting for a wind to take them back and there's no wind. Mm-hmm. So they pray to their gods. They're um, trying to get their atten- the attention of their lead God, if you will, right. their head God, to get the winds to, to take them home. So they begin starting doing sacrifices, and which are not just like killing animals. It's like blinding themselves with mm-hmm. a fiery knife, hot knife, or uh, what well, they burned one guy alive. Yes, that's when the wind started. Yeah, because they did. Well, I can't remember what the first. Did they do the eye first? I think the yeah the eye and was the, first. And there was no wind because they yeah. had like a bag of sand that was would, pouring out. Yeah. And then after that, they would look and there was no sand. And then when they burnt someone alive, they the wind started, started to, to pick to, up to pick up. And then and then they did a whole battle with they, all the remaining ones. And then that's the yeah. second hyperviolent yeah. part where if you're not into gore, you may not like that. part. You may want to close your eyes. Because, I mean, they literally get hacked 
in half and blood yeah. is spilling and it's like one guy's arm gets cut off so violently it flies not only through the sky but above the uh top of the screen into doesn't the, it go into someone else like yeah it, into the format and it loses its sword and in, the sword flies into a guy's throat so it's it's a little violent yeah. is what we're trying yeah. to trying to take during that first part Yes, and then there's a little bit toward the end. Yeah, yeah, it but ends on a violent key or a bloody key, if you will. It cuts to the main character of the series. Shadow Moon. Shadow Moon, who is currently in jail. For robbing a casino, and, and this, this is what it said. Yeah, so there are some differences, and we may get into some spoilers later down the road. But, he, yes, he was robbing a casino. He was serving six years mm-hmm. and was supposed to be out by the end of the week. He has conversations with his cellmate, which they didn't tell the name of the cellmate. Mm-hmm. He started having a bad feeling. He says he feels the bad weather's approaching. It feels like the air's constipated mm-hmm. and there's an axe hanging over him. Mm-hmm. And he calls his wife. Laura Moon. Laura Moon. And then they, she tells him they're having a surprise party. And... And then he hangs up. But then that night, he has, he starts the first of these. And in the books, he has several of these weird... Kind of kind of prophetic... Pro- prophetic dreams. Dreams. Yes, where he yeah. sees Laura, and she calls him Puppy. Mm-hmm. Which, they didn't get into anything about why she calls him Puppy. Hopefully, they will get into that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of just wonderful Easter eggs, if you've read the book. Right, that you that, can... that, that they just pick up on yeah. right out. I mean, not, it wouldn't even say Easter egg. It's pretty much how it, it is in the book yeah it's, but it's, it's fairly blatant if you've read the book but if you haven't it doesn't make any sort of difference in how in the plot of the episode right or how it's laid out it doesn't change anything but yeah. it, it's there if you it read doesn't the deny book. you knowledge if you don't know and then again they may tell you why that she calls him puppy and they may not i mean you or could why go why he robbed the, the casino or all yeah and then the next morning he gets sent to the warden and they tell him that his wife is dead and they're letting him out early. And then they... They let him out on a Wednesday. They let him out on a Wednesday. And or go, do they let him out on a Tuesday? Because he gets on the plane on Wednesday. Well, he immediately leaves and goes to the airport. I mean, it kind of cuts to the airport, so you yeah. can just say it's Wednesday. I think. Well, he stays overnight. It shows him sleeping. It does? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, a Tuesday then. Yeah. Um, and then on a Wednesday... it was a Tuesday. Though, Wednesday, though, he's at the airport. That's right, because he couldn't get a flight. Yeah, because so he, he said, how much for tomorrow? for tomorrow? Yes, you're right. I apologize. Um, so, yes, Wednesday. So, on Wednesday, he's getting on the plane, waiting to board, and then you get introduced to the second main character of the show, Wednesday, um, and he's conning, because um, there's a, the actress that's the teller. She's been in all kinds of... She's another popular character okay. actress. Yes. She uh, wouldn't let him do it, wouldn't let him get on the plane earlier the day before. It was going to cost a lot more money because he had already had plane tickets. But for Friday. For Friday. So he was trying to get it changed to the Tuesday. Yeah. And she wouldn't allow it because it would cost another $700 or something. And he couldn't do it for bereavement because he didn't have a um, death certificate. Copy of the death certificate, yes. So he asked how much is for tomorrow. And then while he's waiting to board, his plane is where you get introduced to Wednesday. And he's giving a very sob, kind of sad character. He's uh, yeah. Wednesday is a con man. Yeah. 
And he's pretending to be a demented older man. Yes, like he's trying to, my son, my son did this. I need to see my son. But my son was just born. <laughs> yes, my son was just born. I need to get to his christening. Yeah. Uh, but my son always just takes care of all the plane tickets, yes. He always books my flights. So he immediately gets bumped to first class because the same woman that would give Shadow, gave Shadow grief, felt sorry on him. Yeah. And then Shadow born the plane and then he was in coach. However, there was someone sitting in his seat, so he got bumped to first class as well and immediately sat beside Wednesday, which he didn't yeah. know who his name was. And that's the great line of when he wanted to know who he is. And he said, well, what is today? He said, today's Wednesday, my day. Today. Yeah. And so call me Wednesday. And that's where he, you start to get the more of the supernatural because he knows mm-hmm. things about shadow um, that he shouldn't know. Um, yeah. And it, it's probably no accident that Shadow's seat was taken and he, got placed next to Mr. Wednesday. And then they're on the plane for a while, and that's where he offers him a job. And then he says that, no, he's got a job lined up because to kind of backtrack, we forgot to mention that Laura was supposed to be setting up a surprise party with his best friend who had a job waiting for him at a gym. At a gym Um, in Eagle Point. Mr. Wednesday offers him a job. um, And he doesn't go into too much details at that point. Shadow. He just uh, he kind of tells him he has no problem hiring an ex-con. Right. He'll provide him with a four hundred one k, a pension, right? All um, of that. So then he goes to sleep and has another prophetic dream, um, which that was a very funny line before that, where Wednesday says that I can go to sleep anywhere. <laughs> I have two gifts. I can go to sleep anywhere I want, and or I go to sleep at any time. And then two is I always get what I want. Yeah. It may take a while. But I always get what I want. Yeah. But then he goes to sleep. Shadow goes to sleep, has another prophetic dream, wakes up, and the plane has been diverted because of the weather. Mm -hmm. And it would take another day, and he has to get to the funeral. So he rents a car, and he's on the road for several hours. Wednesday's not there when he wakes up. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. It's just him. actually gone. Yeah, he's the only one left on the plane, and they're waking him up. And then he gets a rental car, and then he's driving to Eagle Point. And then he stops at some sort of park yeah. and goes and finally screams. Because that's not one thing is that he... He never, he ne- uh, other than being very silent and looking very solemn, he never displays any sort of emotion about Laura dying. Right. Until he stops at the park and he goes yeah. and then he screams. screams. And then that cuts us to another story, which I'm really glad that they are doing. Mm-hmm. Because in the book, there are several side stories that just kind of help build the world. Yeah. Of, and and of, of weave American into the Dogs. plot later. Right. Some of them do in the book, and some of them are just kind of giving you more filler An establishment of, those, of, of the world. Who all is, who all's here and who all's not. Right. And how they came to be. Yeah. How um, they came and, here. And then this one, the first thing that popped in my head was that was the best friend of, uh, on the show of Dharma and Greg, uh, Craig's friend, the guy. Oh, that's who that was. Yeah. I kept trying to figure out who that was. Yeah, that's what popped in my head. Like, and in my mind, because I, I, I don't think they gave his name. Yeah. That was still that character. Like, yeah. this was his continuing story. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, now, now it is for me as well. But yeah, this is the scene. This is the scene from the book that everybody wanted to know if it was going to be in it because it yeah. is very. Uh, it's graphic in the book. It's graphic. It's more graphic the in the book. Yeah. Than in the... Yeah. There, there are a few subtle details, but that are different from screen from book to screen. But the long story on this one is that he meets this girl 
online. And then in the book, uh, we can tell you in the book, she's actually a prostitute. Yeah. And yeah. this one is kind of like, I met you through an online dating site. App or app. site. Yeah. How, however it could people be Tinder, are doing it these days. Yeah. Tinder match. Whatever. Harmony match. Tinder. Yeah. One of those things. Because he says his kids helped him set it up. Yeah. And so they meet and they immediately go... To her room. To her room. and then After be- having drinks at a bar. And then they immediately start having sex. And then that's when it gets another supernatural. Yeah. This is where it gets extremely supernatural. supernatural. <laughs> and the whole um, back literature of the uh, vagina dentata comes into play. Um, which so is, that five times five. <laughs> right. Um, uh, this is a huge thing that is uh, throughout history in literature. Um, and it, it comes into play right here in a, a very dramatic manner. Also want to point out that you are a history major. Oh, yeah, yeah. So And, and a writer. And a writer. So I kind of have these uh, little side quirks that are probably throwaways. But. That you will find out in the course of this podcast. Yes. But, so he gets her, he wants her, she wants him to worship her. Yes. And then he starts the the basic i love you uh, i want you. And then he starts it becomes kind of a formal um declaration yeah, yeah a formal prayer and and then she starts to eat him yeah eat him swallow him uh but not through the mouth via her vagina yes vagina dentata she she eats him Alive. And you won't get this from other podcasts. <laughs> you, you you see it happen. Well, you see he starts shrinking yeah. as he's going in. And yeah, and then she pushes, pushes him the rest pushes, of it. And he thinks it's fantastic. Yes. He's loving every minute of that. Right. Which is um, the key difference in the whole vagina dentata uh, myths in oh, literature. Really? Yes. Okay. It's usually not seen as a... Um, fun thing, thing. <laughs> the more you know <laughs> so after that happens she kind of flops back on the bed and then that's pretty much her story yeah. as Jeez. of right now and yeah. i think it helps her maintain her immortality and her youth because and I she looks ta- younger afterwards. I, okay that's what i was going to ask you because i i watched when i watched it i couldn't tell if she looked younger after it happened yeah yeah um not by like maybe by 10 years. Yeah, it wasn't like it was a dramatic. She was an old woman and now she's in her 20s. Yeah, it wasn't that dramatic, no. Okay, because I couldn't tell that much of a difference, so I didn't know if the screen that I was watching it on may have been the issue or what. Yeah. So it cuts from there. It goes back to Shadow. Mm-hmm. And he is at the alligator bar. Bar, yes, with the those awesome alligator stools that you know are just uncomfortable. Yeah. But look fabulous they look wonderful yes and he's ordering some food he goes back and sets down uh, from another very popular character actress oh which, yeah um the lady at the bar she's she's in pretty much everything all the time uh the key things i remember her from uh is stuff like donnie darko oh okay um oh, the, the show with the trailer park and the You'll just have to pull that right out because I can't remember what it's called. The trailer park. Yeah. Okay. Um. My name is Earl. No. No. Oh. No. It's it it it's a movie. 
in a mini series. Okay. Yeah. But she's in a lot of yeah. She's in a lot of stuff. So he orders the food, then he goes to the bathroom, and no possible way for him to know where he's been or where he's at because he never told him where he was going. Wednesday is in go- the stall, and he pretty much picks up with the conversation right where it left off on the yeah. plane, right before he went to sleep. And then he goes and talks to him some more, discuss some and, of the. Uh, also, this is where Shadow finds out that his best friend, Robbie, died as died. well because he says, "You don't have a job." Here's the paper because yeah, they both died in the car wreck car crash and then this is where shadow thinks he's getting the upper hand on wednesday because he flips a coin and the other thing in the book and they do it in here in the tv show is that while in prison shadow learned coin tricks yeah he knows how to do all kinds of stuff with coins and there was an opening one of the openings before he went to bed he was knuckling the coin where he was Mm -hmm. making it go all the way up and down his knuckles he tells wednesday if it comes up heads I'll work for you tails I tell you to get lost and, yeah. and he flips it and he flips it in a way that he knows always comes up tails but then Wednesday again supernaturally does something and it comes up heads mm-hmm. and, and it then, doesn't say because Wednesday walks away and just tells him it's it's going to come up heads, heads. and right. it does and then he comes back with mead oh and well before he comes back with mead we get introduced to a leprechaun yeah um, not a leprechaun you're thinking of. <laughs> no, this is a big, tall, red-headed fella. Right, and I think he is on, was he? He is. is on, he's, Orange is the New Black. He's he? porn stash. Fat, porn and stash, he was yeah. also the guy who stalked and hurt our dear Olivia Benson on Law & Order SVU. Okay. See, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not watching Law & Order, so. Yeah, well. The Law & Order fans should be outraged, yes. Yes. Um, but he's a leprechaun and very well done, does a really good job. Mm-hmm. And then he does coin tricks as well. And, and he was, can pluck them right from the air. Right. He says, Shadow's like, how do you do that? Do you, and he lists off all the different ways you could do it. He's loading your sleeve. And he says, yeah. that sounds like too much work. I just pluck them from the air. And Shadow doesn't understand. Yes. Because uh, Shadow, Shadow has, as of now, at this point, does not realize that he is entered into a world of uh, supernatural and gods. Yes. He's yeah. just still thinking this is some big coincidence. Yeah. And plus he's still dealing with the death of his wife. Of his wife yeah. So he's, and now his best friend. And yeah. But he just found out his wife and best friend of are dead. And he's re-entering the world as a ex con. So everything is on kilt tilt for him as well. Yes. Um, and then he goes to, uh, he gets thrown in the situation and he just like, okay, just go with it. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Which tends to be his MO. And then Wednesday comes with three shots of mead. And then they discuss the terms of their employment, which all shadow wants is to be, go to his wife's funeral, Mm -hmm. be, uh, to tell her goodbye. And he wants $2,000 a week. Yeah, and he says, and he, says he, won't, he wouldn't. He won't kill anybody, and it, he won't hurt anybody for, for fun. For, for fun, yes. But yeah, if anyone's pleasure. trying to hurt you, I'll protect you. And then Wednesday agrees. Well, he takes one shot of mead for the for the back and forth. Yeah. And then the to I, seal the deal. And the it's second one was to seal the deal, and the third there was something to that regard. There was the second ones to seal the deal, and the third is that we have an accord or yeah something to that effect to make it a, official. 
And so he does, and then he gets into a fight with the leprechaun. Yeah, because the, uh, the leprechaun said he'll teach him how to do the coin trick, how to pluck them from the air. If he can beat him. Yeah, he said he'll fight him for it. Well, first he said, if you fight me for it, win or lose, you get this coin. And he yeah. plops it down. And then he wasn't going to, Shadow wasn't going to fight. He doesn't want to fight. And then he mentioned, the leprechaun mentions Laura, and then he immediately punches him in the face. Yeah. And then they go into it. And then. Thus begins their, their fight. And it was a very well done fight, mm-hmm. um, very quick. And they did exactly what they did in the book: is that they they are fighting. It does talk some of the fighting, and yeah. then it cuts to the next morning, where Shadow, Shadow is hung over, hung over, waking up in the back of uh, Wednesday's car, as he's driving him to Eagle Point, mm-hmm. um, because Wednesday does need a driver, and he's taking an exception this time because the way shadow is and the, yeah. based on the kind of the agreement they did is that he wants to see his wife. They get to Eagle point, they get checked in and then he goes and sees Laura. Yeah. The funeral. And then we're introduced to the best friends. Wife, wife. Audrey. Audrey. Thank you. And then from there they go to the, they cut to the cemetery. And well, in the church is where she tells shadow, um, just how she um, died. How how Laura and Robbie happened to die? Yes, they died in a very uncomfortable incom- position. <laughs> in a car driving down a road. One in the other's lap. Yeah. Head in the other's lap. Yeah. To be polite and not be as graphic as the Vincina Dentata discussion. <laughs> yeah, we'll go, we'll go there, but we won't go, <laughs> go with, to the other uh, place. Yes, we'll, we'll be very calm and civil. <laughs> on that um, so yes, that's how she died. So they were having an affair. So on top of all of that, of what shadow, you know, yeah. getting out the, having the thrill of I'm going out of getting out of jail or prison, yeah. getting out of prison, going to have my girl back and want to have a job lined up everything's yeah. going to come up okay for me to mm-hmm. everything being gone in a matter of like what? two days because it's thursday yeah and then it cuts to the funeral and then there's a good time lapse where he's sitting there and everything starts filling mm-hmm. up and then yeah. people are leaving and then he finally shows some anger towards laura, laura. and starts asking her you know all the questions that she can't answer. Right. And then he takes that coin because that was the other thing was that he, when he woke up the next morning with Wednesday with the hangover, he still had the coin. That coin. And then he takes the coin and he flips it into the dirt. And then as soon as he does that, that's when the Audrey comes back mm-hmm. from where she was yelling at her and, and also pissing on his, yes. his grave. I did catch that where she <laughs> pissed on his grave. Yeah. She did not shy away from doing that. And then she, in her ultimate act of revenge, is saying, well, if they slept together, we should yeah. sleep together and do it on their graves. as a, yeah, So they can see us. See us doing it. And she is... Wanting her dignity back, and she's heartbroken. Yes, and I was going to say, but she was also very drugged and drunk. Oh, yeah. She talked, she had like 20 ad, you know. Yeah, she said she had some Ativan. Ativan, yes. Shadow rejects her. Yeah. And she goes on. And then as he's walking back, he notices some sort of weird flashing lights. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you see the coin. The coin sinking the oh, grave. Oh, that's right. Yes. The coin, after he rejects her, it cuts to the coin and it sinks down into the, into dirt. the dirt. And then 
you cut to um, him walking and he sees some weird flashing lights. He goes to see what it is in some sort of like VR machine and it slaps onto his face. Yeah. And then it gets confusing again because yeah. he's, he's in a limo. This is where it changes from the book. Because in the book, he is just in a limo. Yes, he is but just a limo. in this, it's a, a kind of a virtual reality world. Right. Um, which, I mean, the, you take the book was written and uh, published in 2001. Um, so right. things, uh, technology-wise, have changed since then. Right. And this is taking place now and not 2001, the television show anyway. Yes, so, because in... Well, we can't get in. I don't. I don't want to get in too far. But you meet this character. Yeah. He's very young. Like yeah. Twenty-year-old. Yeah, twenty-ish. Mo- millennial. Yeah. Hipster type character. Yeah. And he's wanting to know about Wednesday and what do you know and what has he told you and Shadow. What he's doing. What his plan is. Off. Yeah. What's it? What's he planning? Why is he doing this? And Shadow at this point doesn't. He just knows that he works for him. He doesn't know yeah. anything. And it ends with them. The 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 virtual reality kids goons, which are faceless, yeah, kind of automaton type, yeah. But they're flesh and blood because that's the end of it. Is yeah. the ultraviolet is they he gets ejected yeah. from the limo they pull VR the thing off of his face, and then they start beating, wailing on him, and then they yeah. hang him. Yeah, they uh, gallows humor comes back into play, which is something that is woven throughout the episode. Yes. And, throughout, throughout and that was a part book. of one of the prophetic yeah. dreams. Yeah. Is that he saw a noose. Yes. And so basically he was being hung, and it looks like he's dying, or he's right there at the cusp, and at the very last minute the cord breaks, and then mm-hmm. all those goons get cut bloody, yeah. just like with the Vikings, like they get eviscerated. The blood starts flying, yes. Yes, blood and guts and everything is, you know, like, oh my gosh, like if they ever show a shaving scene, they're like, cut my neck, and it's like, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> blood yeah. is just going to gush. Kind of reminded me of the last uh, Quentin Tarantino movie. Have you seen it? I have not, no. The Hateful Eight. Oh, yeah. I've heard of it. I, but it's I a really good movie, it. and then at the very end, it's just like... You've got a hose with a pump, and it's just pumping up blood like more than the human body could ever hold. hold yeah, yeah, um, and that's kind of what it feels like with these scenes, yeah. where it's cause like you're cutting, and you're just like there's mm-hmm. blood everywhere. It's almost like because in the scene it's raining, yeah, and at one point it almost feels like it's raining blood because there's so much mm-hmm. blood and guts, and then that's how it ends because Shadow looks up and and then it ends. And that's that's the end of the episode. And then next episode should be really good. I'm looking really forward to it because mm-hmm. they did a really good job of following right along with the book. Yes. So overall, first episode, what would you give it? Uh, uh, out of five stars? Sure. Five, out of five. stars. Five Absolutely. Stars. Yeah. I would give it, I'd give it five stars just because I've read the books. Now, yeah. if it's... you've never read the books, I think it's still good. I would say four. Yeah. And then if you're not into the ultra violence, you may not like it that much, yeah. but again, it's not that. I mean, there's it's at the very beginning and at the very end, right? So, we'll see and, how much it goes on throughout the the series because I'm really looking forward to some of the other characters that are coming right. up. And there's not a lot of there's not a lot of fighting in the book either. There are fight scenes, but they're not. It, it, nothing hinges. Right, and and they may, in the course of the book. I mean, I'm sorry, in the course of the TV show, they may add more right. scenes to make it more. Yeah. But so far I'm extremely impressed with how they did it. And yeah, it's, it's astonishing. It's the closest thing I've ever seen adaptation wise. 
So I think that will wrap up American Gods. So we will next next podcast we may continue on and review episode two, or we may just uh, talk about something else. But as of right now, I'm very much hooked uh, on American Gods and plan to definitely give the first season yeah, my full attention. Absolutely. And, um, uh, and in honor of that, because of the in honor of the adaptation of Neil Gaiman's book American Gods into a TV show I thought it would be appropriate for us to to discuss books that are adapted to TV shows and movies and just kind of what we think about them right and whether we really like the adaptation or whether we really hated that adaptation right so what would make I mean what makes an adaptation so good in your opinion source material author involvement mm-hmm and not changing something so dramatically. Like, changes, they have to happen. It's two different mediums. Mm-hmm. But when you change it so dramatically that you can't even recognize your source material, but you're still claiming that the two are related and not just, you know, oh, well, this is my take on this version. Like, like it's so often done with Sherlock Holmes. Right. Um, yeah, they've updated it to a more modern... Yeah. Uh, it's not an 18 the bbc one yeah um they updated it to modern world you know if you if you go in with that expectation that it's going to be similar to what you have come to love in the book then you're always going to be disappointed but if they're upfront about it and like well you know this is just you know kind of a version of that and a take on it and then then it can be okay you know it kind of excuses any horrible changes they make yeah, often, and not I think, always, but often. I think the most recent one that's like that that I don't at this point I do not have any qualms about is the superhero genre, the comic book movies. Yeah, because they're based on the comic books. Mm-hmm. But I have long since said I do not expect it to be anything like the comics because right. they're so different, and you don't really. I mean. And that's one of the biggest arguments you hear is like, well, do you really want a shot for shot remake right, of panel for panel, panel for panel of the, of the movie? And, and sometimes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes you do because it's just, it's, cause it's you want to see good. these characters yeah. live and breathe that you do. And I think that you've come to love and, and I think I'm, I'm more lenient on comic books because comic books is always reinventing itself. Like yeah. The Marvel DC universes. Every yeah. 10 or 15 years, they are getting a reboot, remastered, yeah. you know. Re- yeah. The origin stories are Different still... worlds. Right. The origin stories are still there. Superman's mm-hmm. still from Krypton. Yeah. Spider-Man still gets bit by a spider. He loses his uncle. Great power, great response. Those, yeah. the core origins are still there, but they're updated. Because I think originally, you know, uh, Iron Man was set in, you know, back in Vietnam. You know? Yeah. And now it's, you know... Yeah. By the movie was, you know, back with the terrorists in Afghanistan. So, yeah, that's why Tony Stark's dad could be as old as he yes, is. Right. And it made sense. <laughs> now it's more like it's his granddad in some cases. I can give it, and I think part of it is, I think what you you do is how invested you are in the book. Mm-hmm. Like I've read books, and and there's some on, we'll, we'll get into a list of some of the stuff that we've read and liked. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some that I I give more leeway to yeah, because oh, I'm, because I'm not invested in the characters in the book. I love right. the book and 
I would say 99% of the time the book is always better yeah. than the adaptation that it's doing. Absolutely. Um, but I would imagine that um, – I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> if it's not something you're in love with, if it's not a book you're in love with, and right. characters you're in love with, then you can forgive the uh, the slight changes, the TV show or the uh, film adaptations, right? Or the changes they make, and we'll get into some of those, and I, we can talk. Some of these we've both of us have read and watched. watched. Some it, of them, just one of us has, has either has done one or yeah. It, Done or, one or the other, or both. Um, so, what do you think makes it go wrong? You mentioned something like that. If they mess up the source material so so bad, yeah, that it goes wrong. And I think some of it, you lose some of that translation mm-hmm. from book to film and TV. Like, yeah. you know, your character can come in, look around the room, and give you an accurate description, yeah. and it's so well done that you feel like you're there. And in the meeting, you just they pan and they show, and it's just like yeah. you don't get the same. It doesn't evoke those same emotions. Right, yeah. I think that's that's the problem with some of that is, in the book, it evokes a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, either in, and you're in, in the your person head. or in the character. And if they try to copy that in a movie and copy how the room looked, but they don't give you any clue as to how it made the character feel, then that doesn't translate. That's just a setting. Right. That's just props. And, you know, get, you know, a character could be having a smell and he talks about, it reminds me of when I was four year old, you know, four year old at my grandma's house. Yeah. And that gives you personalization that humifies him. It yeah. gives you, makes you feel like you're with that character. And you, and if they did that in a movie or TV show, like he's sitting there and all of a sudden he flashes back to he's four years old at grandma's house. You don't know why he's doing yeah. unless he's doing narration yeah. and narration rarely works in TV because exactly. it's just, yeah. ex, you're just expanding um, the info and, doesn't translate as well. Right. Um, and Unless I, you, you're having, like, back to Buffy in that uh, season finale in season two. When you have this character that was only recently introduced but changed the entire course of one of the characters' lives, mm-hmm. and you have him coming back into town and, you know, talking about these changes that are happening with these characters and you see this drama playing out on, on the screen and his voice is a voiceover, mm-hmm. but you also know that he is someone who he has been billed as someone who has knowledge. And then and that's the case when it does work, when it, it can work, it can, can work. I think that's, I think that TV shows have more opportunity to get it right. Yeah. They have more leeway because they have more time. You can do a whole, 22 episodes or 12 episodes depending mm-hmm. on the network as opposed to a movie where yeah. you may just have one movie. Yeah. Now some of these that we will talk about later, you know, they did it in two or three movies, you know, mm-hmm. and, but you still, you have to nail down, you know, two, three, 400 pages in an hour and a half to two and two a half, half hours. Yeah. So yes, there will be stuff that is missed, but I think a lot of people, when they get mad, I think some people get mad and they get mad at the wrong things. Yeah. Like, because it was their favorite scene. And I, and I guess it's not that I'm harping on them. And, and that may be something that they really liked. But you, I can understand it. Yeah. It's not like a key point. And yes, it yeah. may be in your favorite part of it. Right. But when I get mad is when they cut out key plot points yeah, or, or, or motivations. That, yeah, that make that character. That makes it really hard. Because then it also becomes hard for someone who is a reader 
to understand the the film like you can't because that key point is cut out you're like well you can't take it and look at it like you haven't read the book it's just not possible right and there's so many good examples there are so many bad <laughs> way more bad than good i think but i would i would tend to agree with that and there's some that i and i can go through some of our lists and i can go through my list and when the ones that we both have we can talk about together i mean we can talk about each one and then we can go through your list or however you want to do right, it yeah the first one that i have is dexter and you've i've read almost all the books we've we've both read to the the same book we're all, we still lack the final, final book, book. Yes. and we've all watched the, the i show. did not watch the last season Okay, well, you're not missing much. <laughs> yeah, that's why I quit. That's the only show I've ever given up on. It got better at one point after that one season with uh, the religious Travis. Yeah, that's not, when not I quit. Not me. Yeah. It got better the season after that. It right. got better, and then it got the last season got bad again. Mm -hmm. But it got better, a little bit better after that, in my opinion. And then mm -hmm. the last season uh, was so much better. But I think... Dexter is a good example. The first book and the first season mm -hmm. run parallel. And yeah. I think they did a really good job adapting. Excellent. They did an excellent job. And then they did something really well is that they sh totally changed the way the show went mm -hmm. from the source material. It, yeah. it went in a totally different direction. It was still the same character, still different thing. It got so bad, though, that the books were coming out the same time the seasons were. So yeah. when I would get a book and read it, I'd have to catch myself and say, whoa, whoa, no, 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 this needs to, this character needs to change this, you know, yeah. she doesn't know there's lots of changes and they did change quite a, not a lot, but they kept the main storyline in the first season and the first, mm -hmm. um, I would say that, the, that runs really parallel. Yeah. They, they changed a few things about, mm -hmm. you know, one character didn't die. One character didn't find out in the show yeah. about his, extracurricular activities yeah his his nighttime activities but then again in the books um in dexter you find out that you know, he's a serial killer who's trying to he was taught by his father, father who was a policeman to kill bad guys and to thoroughly vet those bad guys and make sure they really were bad guys and again in the books he goes more in detail and it talks about his dark passenger in the tv show they mention it but they can't do like they do in the book because in the Books. It would have made it more supernatural right. had they done it in the television show. And the TV show was trying to stay more grounded in yeah. reality. Because the, the, the Dark Passenger is not a supernatural thing. It, it's literally a psychic thing in his head. Right. But that would have been hard to pull off But I'd like what screen. I liked what Dexter did because it was both were enjoyable. The yeah. TV show was enjoyable the way they were going because they took parts of the second book and put it in season two. Mm -hmm. But then after that, Dexter, the TV show, was totally separate from from, from Dexter the, the, book. the book. Yeah, and I enjoyed both. Um, and then, surprisingly, I got disappointed with the TV show at the end, and I've still not read the final Dexter book yeah. because I'm kind of disappointed with where the book's going. So, yeah. So they both ended up the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in in completely different ways, yeah. they ended up both. They both yeah. don't end the same way. Yeah, yeah. They. They're and, not heading that way. Yeah. And they, I wound up hating Dexter in both areas. Mm -hmm. I, I, however, wound up hating Deb in the television series, whereas in the books, I do not dislike Deb. 
I still like Deb. She is my His sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She is my cursing goddess. <laughs> I love her. She does curse in the in the show. I mean, in first, the first season, it, she, she did. It's there, yes. Yeah. And then it was a Showtime show, so they could have Kept totally embraced yeah. the dab of the book, but they changed her a bit. Yeah, a bit. A lot. <laughs> a lot. A whole lot, yes. Okay, the next one on my list, um, Lord of the Rings. I watched the first Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. when it came out, and then I was... They had filmed all three. They, the first one came out. I was wanting to read. I read all three of them over a summer, and these is, this is not <laughs> an easy task to do because this is a very dense, dense three books. Yeah, uh, took dense all, source material all summer long. And what killed me in the books, if I had something to criticize, was that it would every time they would introduce a character, they would give the lineage of oh. the characters. So if they said. You know, if I was coming to you, it says, I'm Travis, son of da-da-da, grandson of da-da-da. And there was a lot of them that had, like, E names, and they were mm-hmm. looked all similar. So I'm like, yeah. who's talking now? Because you gave me, like, four E names, yeah. and they responded with three E names. So, right. you know, like, who's talking? Why are they? See, so, I'm still glad I haven't read these books. I enjoy, I, 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 not to, you know, that criticism, mm-hmm. they are very enjoyable. Yeah. Oh, the, the stories are absolutely fascinating and you've not read the books no but, but i have watched the films have you watched the extended cut mm, i can't say that i have okay because i own as the nerd cred that i have i have all <laughs> of, i have them in regular dvd and i've got all three extended cut dvds oh and those are very again those aren't for an easy task i mean yeah. they're um and they do a very good job of incorporating the story i think the second one changes more from the book Mm -hmm. than from the movie and that's okay it's still a great story but there's more in the second the the first and third movies go well with the first and third books yeah they do a really good job of the second one is a little bit more and they fix most of it in the extended cut though. oh yeah and the second one the extended cut a lot of the stuff that they cut out uh-huh. Is in the extended cut, so I mean oh. it, they do a really good job of adapting it. So, they so yes, cover that. I would say that would be one of those that you could definitely mark as a good, good one. The next one I have on my list is a TV show. Uh, it's out now, uh, Lucifer, oh, on yes. Fox. It is definitely different from the source material. Another yeah. Neil Gaiman. Yeah, another Neil Gaiman character. Um, he looks different. He acts different. He acts different. He, I'm sure he sounds different. He, um, and even the material, and this is one that I can totally forgive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lucifer started on one of Neil Gaiman's other comics. One uh, of his first projects, comic projects. Well, his, one of his breakout comics, yeah. Sandman. It was a 75-issue yeah. run. Um, he was in it twice. Uh, well, not twice, but, I mean, he had two arcs. Yeah. He was in the first run. He plays a character, and then he has his own run and then it ends with um him kicking everyone out of hell right and starting a you know a bar in LA and that's LA, yeah. and that's how the the TV show starts is he's got a bar in Barn. LA the whole detective thing and all of that is totally not like it is in the book yeah in the comic book and i haven't read to be honest i've not read the lucifer comic book series all the way through but i've read the first trade of it yeah, um, and and the character is totally it's more in the supernatural there's a lot more stuff that they probably couldn't do on a tv budget right especially uh, on uh fox on fox I mean, yes. it's, it's not a prime on, time yeah 
it's so, a primetime series. So, but he it's doing great on the ratings. It's doing, from what I understand, is probably it's on the second season. Mm-hmm. Probably gonna get renewed for a third. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of those that took the source material and made it its own. And I made it I, its own thing. And, and I and I liked it. Next one I have is True Blood. I read the first book, and I watched the first few seasons. Mm-hmm. What about you? Did I've you, I've not watched. I've not read. read. I have friends who have, but I, I don't think just never cared for it. And people will probably tell me wrong because it's the internet, and I'm sure they will. <laughs> um, I can't remember there. I think there was a lot of differences from the book to the first season because uh-huh. usually the first book and the first season kind of line up. Line up. I know that there's a lot of stuff that if they tried to do it on a TV show would just fall flat. Mm-hmm. Don't want to name names. There's a vampire Elvis. Mm-hmm. Elvis is a vampire. Um, <laughs> Um, so that was in the books? Yes. But not in the series? Not in the show, no. Okay. Well, that's um, fun. Yeah. Now, it, now, in this, do they, they eat food or do they only drink blood? I don't know. There's so many different vampire lores and yeah. what they can or can't do. So I don't know if they can eat or not or if it's just blood. Okay. But, I mean, the main, kind of the main setup is there. So I know I have friends that have read all the books and yeah. we have the same similar same friends that have read all the books yeah. and they they loved it but i think it, that's one another one where they kind of take the general outline of the books and yeah. then they make it their own they kind of fashion their own story so tell us if we're wrong tell us if we're you know i've t- always if heard wrong. that it's uh basically it's vampire softcore porn well the show was yeah the show the show okay yeah. i don't know if the books were but yes yeah. definitely which is my big gripe. But it was because, done through by HBO. Yeah. So it but was. I just, I, vampires are dead. Their blood doesn't flow. It, it's just not going to happen well, for them. They do the same thing on Buffy I and know, Angel. And that was my big gripe on that, that was your too. Gripe. They're dead. But, they but shouldn't I forgave be it to. because it was good the show. feminist, you know, power, girl power, late 90s stuff. And this next one is very weird for me, and I'll try my best to explain. The next one on my list is The Magicians. This is a recent book that I, it's a three-book series, and I love the books. It is Harry Potter for adults. I've never read Harry Potter, so don't expect Harry Potter to be on this list. Sorry. Um, I've I've watched some of the movies. But in any event, The Magicians is a TV show on sci-fi, and they started to do a, good job of running the first book with the first season yeah they just wrapped a second season of um, the magicians and then they go a little off kilt they start doing things out of sequence they start messing around with it and the characters aren't there so this this is where it gets a little weird for me mm-hmm. because i love the books yeah and i hate what they're doing on the tv show but right. I can't stop watching it. <laughs> and see, the books are on my read list. Yes, because I have recommended them to you. Yeah, and but I, I, during that first, I thought I would watch the first episode. Don't. Um, <laughs> if, yeah. If anyone here or anyone listening wants to get into the book or the TV show, read the books first, and then you may be like me and love the TV show. And there may be some people that love the TV show and never read the books. It is a lot different. The characterizations some of the characteristics of the of the main people are there mm-hmm. but it's not yeah i think they get more wrong than they do right now are is the author involved lev grossman i don't know i think it's 
Life Grossman. I totally apologize if it's not. I don't know how much he is involved. I've not read how much he is or isn't, but yeah. I do know that they've. And I can understand. I guess I can understand some of the choices they're making because it is on sci-fi, and I don't know how much of a budget they have. Right. But in the same token, like some of the stuff they're doing is similar to the book enough so that, that they could have they gotten could. it right, or right. at least in my opinion, gotten it right. Yeah. Um, or they could have covered, or at least changed, or it made sense. Made more sense. With the book. So yes, I am. I am on board. I am looking forward to the. Yes, it is Lev Grossman. I just looked it up. The the power of Google. <laughs> I am on board. I am looking forward to the third season, but I am taking it as a, nothing at this point is like it is in the book, or they're just taking the general outline and themes yeah. and going with it. But, and I'm trying to go back to my own criteria of like, did you, were you invested in the book? Did you care? And I, and I have went back to these books twice now, and I mm -hmm. rarely reread a book or re listen to a, mm -hmm. um, an audio book on it. So I think I am invested. Yeah. But, I don't think I'm invested as I am on some of my other books that I love. I think this right. is one of the one of my favorite series in the you know modern era of books. Yeah. So, but again, I can forgive a lot, and I'm I've gotten sucked into the story. And you may read the books and love them, which I'm that's what I'm hoping, that's what I'm mm -hmm. suggesting. And you may hate the show, which I would totally understand. Okay, so the next one is both of us have seen this, and loved it. One of our first conversations of becoming. Fast Friends, because you had read the series before I had yeah. and got me introduced to it. Interview with a Vampire. Absolutely. One and, of my all-time favorites. Not book, but movie. And it was a great adaptation. Yes. And the author wrote the screenplay, which for me, as an author, helps. And the author is? Anne Rice. Anne Rice. The unforgettable Anne Rice. I enjoyed the... What did you think of Tom Cruise's Lestat? I loved Tom Cruise's Lestat. Mm -hmm. And I don't love Tom Cruise. Okay. I think he had the nose for it. I think he had the ability to display Lestat's cruelty and his cruel mouth as he describes it himself. Mm -hmm. Or as Anne describes it for him, if you will. Well, um, I don't know. Listening to Anne talk about it, Lestat is a living, breathing character. So it was <laughs> Lestat. Yeah, describe, yes. yeah, under a pseudonym of Anne Rice. Mm. But no, I think, I think he did an excellent job as Lestat. I think he really came to embody that, especially that particular era, because it was literally just a slice of time of one that book was. It it did not cover what all the other books covers with cover with Lestat. It, out of the whole series, which is the Vampire Chronicles, it's one of the ones that really can stand on its own. The other yes. ones are kind of tied, except for. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell the body thief. Uh, that's on its own. Uh, Vittorio is totally separate. Yeah, it's not even. A it's chronicle. not. It's not even considered one of the chronicles. Yeah. But usually they all tie in, or there's the they references at least know each other. Yeah, they reference other characters. But yeah, interview is yeah very much a standalone. Mm -hmm. And even Tell the body thief though they still reference other things and yeah. other adventures that have happened. Yes. Interview was the first, so I guess it doesn't have anything to reference since it's the first world building one. Yeah. I, I loved Brad Pitt as Louis. He did a really good job. He I don't think displayed he displayed Louis' broken heart very um, well. Armand was Antonio Banderas. He wasn't young enough, no. but in my mind, he's still Armand. And that but, voice. And is... that's what I was going to say was even though if you read the characterization yeah. of Armand, it's Eastern not... European. He's like 17. 
He has curly auburn hair. Auburn hair. He doesn't look anything like Antonio, Bajor, <laughs> but he yeah. knocks it out of the park, and that's something Absolutely. you can forgive. Yeah, is that the performance is better? Mm-hmm. It's so good that you can overlook anything. And I think that's that's yeah. one of the examples I mentioned earlier, where someone's like, "He doesn't look like him." Or yeah. he's they have to look exactly like, and I can forgive that. Yeah. If it makes, if, if it, yeah, if it makes sense and it's the character, if he portrays the character well, yes, and um, he does, and 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 two, that's another one of those things where the author changed it, the author made it happen, and if those are characters that somebody has created and they make those changes, then to me that's forgivable. Whereas if you know somebody else is coming along and changing those characters, especially that dramatically. Mm-hmm. That's really not. That's a sin, it, you know. If there's such and thing I, as sin, that's that's one of them. And on my list, there isn't that many on my list. This is a very short list that I put together, and there's several more on here that we're going to talk about. But there isn't that many that are better than the book, right? And this one is close. Yes, probably the. I have. I actually have. I think one on here that is better mm-hmm. than the book, the source material. And I think interview is the closest. Yeah. To for being, me, it is to in being my at, in my opinion as well. Is it's the closest to the source material mm-hmm. and closest to the feelings that you get from reading. Yeah, book. they evoke those same emotions absolutely, and that's key as well. Is that the evocation of emotions? Um, next, I have Odd Thomas. The book was the first book was good. Yeah. The movie was eh. I I love I liked the movie I I thought it was great I loved Anton Chekhov, um, yes. My son loved the movie. They you know it's think, entertaining. It's not something that I'm going to go to if I want to feel something. You know, <laughs> yeah. if I want to be entertained, it's a popcorn type yeah. of movie. Yeah, absolutely. I liked I liked parts of the movie, and I think this was one where I had the biggest gripe about mm-hmm. the changes that they did. Yeah, and right now I couldn't even tell you what they were top of my head but there was a, I remember there being a lot of changes with the ending and mm-hmm. certain key points they, uh, uh, the the boy who also saw the uh, the things that Odd Thomas saw he saw dead people and he saw the uh, the creatures right um, in the movie it was just some throwaway guy he was talking to but in the books, it was a key point, and it was a child. It was, and I think it had. I think the book, which always happens, is the book has more information when he's trying to track down the, the killer and all that. The next I have is V for Vendetta. Now this is the one that I mentioned earlier, where it's the source material. Mm-hmm. I think the movie is better than the source material. Absolutely. Now, the author Alan Moore will probably. Feminently disagree because he doesn't he like any. He hates all of his adaptations. All of his ahead. adaptations, he hates. Yes. Um, he hasn't watched, I don't think he even watched Beaver and I think he's made it a point to not, ever since um, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, he yes. has stopped well, I mean. watching. That one, yes, he has every <laughs> right. right. <laughs> that was horrible. I loved that movie, but I mean, yeah. on its own, mm-hmm. I loved it. But if you're taking it as um, what it was based on, then no. It's something that's something that's completely other. I think the movie was done way better than the source material. Uh, next is our worst. I know it's your worst as well as mine, yes. so we can go ahead and talk about it. Uh, Queen of the Damned, which is the second. I could bo- spend hours raving. 
Which in the in the world of the books, Queen of the Dam the movie is trying to adapt two books, which is the Vampire Lestat yeah. and the Queen of the Damned. Yes. And it fails at doing both of those things. Yes. Dramatically. And I think they got a lot of the characterization wrong. They Basically got, it was a movie where they used the names that Anne Rice uses in her books. And we're losing the rights. Uh let's yeah, let's, let's sl- throw something together and see what happens. And I think that one generated... The soundtrack, though. The soundtrack was awesome. Yes. And I think a lot it got a lot of buzz because it was tied to the death of uh, Aaliyah. Aaliyah, Aaliyah yeah. um, who was very big music-wise Yes. Um, when that came out. So she had died right after she had filmed her scene. So mm-hmm. it was very much tied to that. And I think that helped generate some buzz. And... Don't get me wrong. I have actually met people who have read the books and watched this movie and liked it. Really? One of them being my family. I'm still family with this person, but (laughs) to me, there was so much wrong that there was, you couldn't, there, I mean, there was stuff that the characters were doing were so out of bounds. Yeah. It was too different. There was, there was nothing that was the same. I mean, the general plot of the story was the same. Except there were no twins. No, <laughs> but I mean, the, starting off with him being a rock star and waking her up and then them banding together to fight her is kind of... Yeah, that's what happens in the book. In, in the general... In Queen of the Damned. That's the basic synopsis of the of the book. I mean, there's... The vampire Lestat goes... It's is Lestat's story. Yeah. And then it bleeds right into Queen of the Damned. Which is from... In the book, it's several different um, stories uh, telling one cohesive arc. Mm-hmm. It's from several different points of view. So I would not, we, both of us would not recommend Queen of the Damned. Never, never. The, the film, the book is excellent, mind you. You'd recommend the books, not the film. Did I say it backwards? I don't know, but I just <laughs> want to clarify that we are saying. We are on the side of the film, book. <laughs> film bad, book good. Good, yes, yes. Film um, bad, book good. Okay, I'll just go through the rest of my list and I'll just tell you whether I like them or not and then we can get to your list. Or how well I, I did it. The Walking Dead, which is based on the comic book series, they follow the script very well, um, but it's very much different in some places. But they kind of mm-hmm. do the general outline. I think they do a really good job. I like both. Absolutely, and they they get a lot of the characters right. I think that helps, and yeah. they introduce new characters that you, if you read the books, you kind of can know what happens. But then they throw you a curveball just to yeah. keep you on your toes. But you generally know what's going to happen and and you're able to also separate those and take them as two different mediums Mm -hmm. and enjoy both of them equally Uh, i just recently did stephen king's 11 22 63 book and it was amazing i loved all of it and you didn't watch the miniseries i watched the first episode and and i had to turn it off because i did not like any of how it was done and this was one that i got really into enjoyed the characters Love the book. And with most Stephen King books, you're getting to a place where you feel like you're done. Like, yeah. And it's not like it's a bad done. It's like, okay, we should be wrapping up now. And then you realize you still have like yeah. 400 more pages to read. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. It's just... Right. And I got really into the characterization. The characters, I loved it. And then the way they were portrayed in the series, mm-hmm. it's just... I couldn't get past the first episode. Yeah. I, just the way they introduced them and how they are. It just, mm-hmm. it, to me, it didn't resonate the way they were in the book. It didn't evoke those emotions. Exactly. And see, I read, or I didn't read the book, but I watched the uh, Hulu series, the miniseries. And you liked it. I did. 
I, I, I enjoyed it, but I also had no frame of reference. So I would recommend, I would put that on your queue as well, on your books, audio books or mm -hmm. reading books. I would recommend that one as a Stephen See, I've never read or listened to any Stephen King. I've only ever watched the films. Now, in the book, just, I'm, I, we won't go into too much more about it, but in the book, it's not scary. Like, it's not like a Stephen King horror one. Right. They reference his other things because Stephen King kind of like has a world universe and he references other materials. Mm -hmm. and He's created his universe first. and his yeah, stuff kinda, takes like place there. It's his Marvel uni cinematic universe. Yeah. Kinda. But he's done it a long time ago. He references his other stuff, and mm -hmm. you'll be able to pick up on some of it because it's in the pop culture world. It references it. Yeah. It references uh, some of it, of his other. Um, well, in Dairy, a lot of his stuff takes place in Dairy, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, part of the book takes place in Dairy. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I would recommend you read the book because once you read mm -hmm. the book, you'll be like, that series is probably crap. <laughs> I don't know. You may still like both. Right. Um, but I read the book first and could not get into the show at all. Yeah. Preacher, which is also based on a comic, did totally different. It ended the first season on way the where the comics was supposed to be. Yeah. But they um it was a good show. Loved the show. Um Yeah, I yes. The base the same it ends at the same premise of the comic and they hit the road. But I, mm -hmm. I would recommend both. I only read a couple of the preacher comics, but I immensely enjoyed the series, the television series. And I'll, I'll just kind of go skip ahead. Cause I know we've been talking about this. Um, I am legend, totally different from the book yeah. to the TV show. The, the story is very much, the plot's different. The message is different. <laughs> the everything is different. Is different. <laughs> it's got Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. I mean, which if it has Will Smith, it's probably going to be successful. But the, if you're, if they had made that movie and not called it I Am Legend or say it was based on that book. Yeah, I would have I, loved it. Yeah, but since they based it on the short story, because in I Am Legend, the book, it was mm -hmm. based on vampires or vampire-like creatures. And yeah. these creatures in I Am Legend were totally different. And the meaning and the story behind all of it was, again, totally yeah. different from what it was. And then some other ones that I would recommend both reading and watching, I would recommend Stardust, also by Neil Gaiman. I think we're both big fans of Neil Gaiman. I was going to say, in case you haven't noticed, we are very big Neil Gaiman fans and and Rice, Rice fans. Yes, both the Martian, the book, and the movie is very good. Mm -hmm. It is one that very much follows closely. They do do some changes, mm -hmm. but you can understand it. Yeah, and they're both enjoyable. I again immensely enjoyed the book more than the movie, but I forgave any discrepancies yeah. in both from the from the movie to the that they took from the book into the movie. Um, another one that I thought of while we were talking was, did you read the Watchmen? I did read the Watchmen. Okay. And that's one where we talked about earlier panel for panel. Mm -hmm. He kind of shot it like the panels of the comic were the storyboard for the yeah. movie. He changed the ending. And a lot of people who liked the comics were upset about the ending, but mm -hmm. I liked the ending. Yeah. I thought it wasn't anything. I, I thought it still did what, needed to happen to move right. the story where it needed to go. So I forget, and it made a little bit more sense that mm -hmm. it, how they did it in the movie. Um, I also own the extended, again, owning the nerd cred. I own the extended cut that has all the extra scenes mm -hmm. from the comic book series that they had to cut from the, 
from the the movie because the movie itself is extremely long. Yeah. So what's something on your list that maybe we didn't talk about that you enjoy? Oh, Fried Green Tomatoes. And see, I've not read. You've not read the book? Not read the book. Watched the movie, Tawanda. Oh, yeah. Tawanda all the way. They the book is very very different. The book has several stories in it, and it's uh, not set up in chapters. It's set up in scenes. Mm-hmm. It is also set up in um, like uh, post office announcements, mm-hmm. and it's more overt. The lesbianism in the book is more overt than it is in the film. It's not something that's having to be pushed to the back burner because of the time in which it was made. Okay. And the. What about the main stories that follow pretty closely? Uh, pretty well, yeah. Main plot points. Uh, yeah. There's some better scenes in the book that could have um, been a lot sweeter movie moments. Mm-hmm. But the the thing about it is, um, Ruth and Iggy's story in that book uh, is only like half the plot. There is the these whole other stories that are going on mm-hmm. to the the people in their lives that are only half mentioned in the film. Mm-hmm. It very much focuses on the white folks in the film, whereas in the book it doesn't. It goes into the other... Yeah. The characters that are just kind of background characters in the movie Yeah, get more... Yeah, they have their own stories, their own lives. Um, it shows them through time. You find out for sure what happened to Iggy in the book, mm-hmm. whereas in the movie it's kind of left ambiguous. Okay. Um, so you can draw your own conclusion. But in the book, not they, at all. They lay it all out. Yeah. You know exactly what happens. Girl Interrupted. Girl Interrupted. Again, another one that I've not... You've, you've watched the film. Watched the movie, not the the book. The book, there are, there are key differences, but they're not unforgivable differences. But you can enjoy both. Yes. And uh, you can take them as related or as separate entities. Okay. And they're equally enjoyable. If you have suffered from mental illness, then reading the book is something that becomes almost biblical mm-hmm. and is very, very relatable. And they don't do that as well in the the movie. No. In the movie, it, it's it's laid out on screen, but it's not... It's kind of like a background. It's not... Yeah. A main, it happens to be something that's happening to these characters. It's a, it, They're in the location of a mental... Institution. Institution, yes. Also, another movie with a great soundtrack. It has one of the best film soundtracks. Virgin Suicides. Yes, the Virgin Suicides. Did they do a good job of the book to the movie? <sighs> they did an okay job. I will say that. An okay job? An okay job. From the For the film, for the adaptation. Yeah, for the ad- adaptation. Love the book. Yeah, the book. Uh, and It was one of the first books I read that was laid out like it was. Mm-hmm. Um, told from, told about the characters, mm-hmm. but not by the characters. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, let's see. The Divine Secret of the Yaya Sisterhood. Okay. Again, also, not. Uh, very, very different adaptations, but equally not valid. read, but seen. You have, for me. You have seen. Yes. That's the one. Oh, was that the one with Sandra Bullock? Sandra Bullock, where she's her mom's hitting the phone and yes okay yes that was a very funny scene yes. yes and then she starts hitting the phone on the counter as well both very good both about the dynamic of mother and daughter mm-hmm. so obviously you got more out of that than i would but you're saying it's universally oh yeah absolutely 
Because you, you get that in the film. I mean, yeah. you, you feel that bond, the mother-daughter mm-hmm. relationship. The, the, the love and the hate and the how alike they are, but how very different they are at the same time. Absolutely. Okay. Anything else you want to highlight or say or... Uh, I think should, we covered all the ones with me that we both have. Uh, Orange is the New Black. Okay, I've not. You've not read that. Not read the. I've watched the first oh, two seasons. Oh yeah. I've not. I need to catch up on my Netflix. Um. Because what season are they on now? Five. Five. Okay. You. Uh, the book is very, very different. Okay. Like it's one of those they kind of took the names and loosely based it on okay. the book it's it's not not even the first season is directly related yeah. to the book so it's a totally different almost a totally different but you like both yeah absolutely um they both have their finer points and the the person piper the person that that actually happened to she in the book and in interviews i've seen with her uh, seems like a very genuine very sweet human being and mm-hmm. not what she is in the show and what she is becoming in in the show. Right. Um, which is not a very sweet, genuine, nice human being. <laughs> it's something very, very different. Very different. Well, I think that'll wrap it up. I think what we're trying to say is, is that it's a good discussion to have with your friends and family, and we would love to hear from you all. We're going to pretty much wrap this up we would love to hear from you all what are some of your favorite uh book to tv or movie adaptations that you've read and seen what did you think of you know tell us what you thought about buffy if you're a fan or maybe if you started watching it you can sound off and tell us that what you thought and about the american gods highly would recommend that where can we be reached at um you can find us on twitter at the reach the mass M-A-S. M-A-S. It's at R-E-A-C-H-T-H-E-M-A-S. Reach the mass. All one word. Because we are reach the masses. And that's what we want to hear from you. We want to hear from the masses and hear from you and find out what you all think. Is there something that we did right, wrong? I know I'm opening this up to the internet (laughs) and I'm probably going to get more (laughs) negative than positive, but I will bear it and... Focus on the positives. And, and we want to create I, a discussion. Right. We want to hear about books and movies. And, you know, this is this is where we our interests are. And, and if, if you don't like something, tell us. But be creative. Be, uh, well, if you don't like something, tell Let us. Let us know. Let us know. Don't just comment and say, you suck. Yeah. Um, tell us why. Tell us why we suck. Yeah. Give us constructive criticism on what we need to do better or if something you'd like to hear more of that we were talking about like less of the of me and maybe you want to hear more of heather just we want to know we want to hear from you we're starting this we're going to keep trying more episodes and we can tweak it as however we need to but we can't do that without hearing from you and before we leave um, heather has mentioned that she is an author and a self-published author so yes what do you have that's out in the reading world for people to get I've got a couple of books floating around. You can find them on Amazon. I do write under a pen name, H.D. Russell. The first book I wrote is called The Lika and Other Journeys. It's a short story, kind of a novella with some poetry thrown in. And then the second book is all poetry, 
all the time. <laughs> and it's called um, Whiplash Sorrow Cocktail. And I did the foreword. Yeah, on you did the foreword. On the, on the second book. Um, obviously, you would get it for the awesome poetry, not my foreword. <laughs> um, but I would highly recommend both books. And if it was, what would you want your book, a TV or a movie? Oh, if it had, if it, if uh, from this podcast studio picks it up because it's um, here so awesome and they read it and it is an awesome book, by the way, I would have to go with film with film. Okay. Only because there is too much room in television to play because <laughs> you want, you don't want it to, but I don't if, want it to lose too much. I but, mean, but if it goes to film, they may cut too much and, right? and, and, or they may add something that's totally different. Okay, if it was on, if it was going to be on television, uh-huh. then I would want it to be on like HBO, Stars, uh, kind of like the same people that Showtime. treated the treated American Gods. You would want people like that who love the material Act- and, and yes, and, absolutely, and, and do it right and not yeah. do something kooky and weird just to get yeah. it out there. And I am social media illiterate, I guess, in, <laughs> in the world of pop culture. So I will be learning all of that wonderful stuff. I have. Right. So I have, I'm going to be reading all of your feedback. And so. she'll probably be the one responding, and I'll be giving my input. And I will probably be adding my two cents eventually. Um, <laughs> but I will be also talking to her. So please, thank you for listening, um, helping us through this first episode. The, usually the pilots are always the hardest. Absolutely. So we will. We're establishing our characters right now. We're hoping you will continue to see these characters grow as the show grows. And we want you to be a part of it. So again, thank you uh, from Reach the Masses podcast. Signing off.